Well, it's full risk on today. Equities have tumbled again for the third session in a row in the United States and demand for treasuries has risen and there's a lot more of them today as well. Adding to the mood, rising COVID concerns, Donald Trump's words on China and Boris Johnson's bargaining stance on Brexit. None of it is particularly good news. Add to that a slide in payrolls in Australia. But something's got to get better sometime, surely. Uh, It's Wednesday, the 9th of September, 2020. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, U.S. stocks have gone down again. Day three of their major decline, more than 3.3% off the NASDAQ, down over 9%, uh, more than 9% in the last few sessions, including the, excluding the public holiday on Monday, of course. The S&P is down 2.6%, and it's not easing off as the session gets nearer to an end, and the Dow is losing 1.8%, 1.4% down for the Eurostoxx 50. Another big fall for the pound as well, losing 1.3%. The Aussie is down 0.9%. The Canadian dollar also down 0.9%. The Euro. Uh, losing just 0.3%. When you look at all of those falls, it's hard to believe that the US dollar on the DXY is only up half a percent, but it is up for a change. And falls in bond yields down three basis points for 10 years, a bit more than that earlier on, four for 30 years, six for 10-year gilts, big falls in oil too. Uh, Again, this is uh, better than it was. WTI down 6.8%, down well over 8% earlier, almost 4.7% down for Brent. Gold and silver wear up a fair bit too, but they've paired back a little as uh, of those gains as the the session's gone on. So there's quite a lot happening. Here's Gavin Friend, Senior Market Strategist at NAB in London. Let's look at those shares. First of all, it's not just tech stocks taking a hit, is it? Although 60% of NASDAQ listings have taken a hit today, but it is broadening out a bit as well, isn't it? I mean, look at Tesla, uh, down 18% today. Even Moderna, who we're all sort of hoping are going to give us a vaccine, they're, they're 11% down today. So c- can I use the word carnage? Is it, are we up to that yet? Morning, Phil. Uh, perhaps a, a, a tad early for that uh, for that phrase, I think. Um, but as you mentioned, you know, day three of the uh, tech-led set, uh, s- stock sell-off, um, there's a whiff of broader risk aversion creeping in. I mean, it wasn't how it wasn't how the day began in Europe, but that's how it's ending with, as you've outlined, you know, falls in stocks generally, benchmark yields lower, the dollar higher, except versus the safe haven yen and Swiss oil down. Uh, whatever the truth behind, you know, this media reporting of single stock option activity in tech shares in recent days and weeks, that reporting I think has you know, added to the churn and the turbulence. And so, you know, despite the NASDAQ being down, what, 10% in three trading days, uh, it's still up 21% year to date. The S&P up 3.5%. Yeah. And so, I mean, you know, so you've it's got just a debate. Back, it's just taking us back four weeks, actually. I mean, that doesn't well, sound like a lot, does it? No. So you've got this debate raging still about whether this is going to get uglier mm. or whether the pullback is healthy. Uh, and as respective monetary policy settings become clearer, we've got the big hitters such as the ECB this week, the Fed next week. The counter argument is stocks will soon rise again. I mean, I would say that the sabre rattling from, you know, US President Donald Trump on his plans to drastically scale back the US relationship with China. Yeah. If he were to get uh, back into the White House again, 
um decoupling you know, was the word wasn't it and uh, he, and he's talked more about that giving tax credits for companies that that make stuff in america and imposing tariffs on those american companies that uh, that create jobs in china and and also preventing them from bidding for federal contacts as well he's so he's, he's going to build this wall right around america by the sounds of it that's right and so you know there's all that. I mean, it's interesting. There was no timeline on that, so maybe that was why the market was a bit sanguine when when Europe arrived this morning. But it's, you know, it's front and centre now. And then there's the virus. It's raging in India. Over eighty thousand new cases a day to top four and a quarter million, second only to. Uh, the US. Yeah. In Europe, we know that France and Spain have seen some spikes repeatedly over recent days. In the UK, there's a, there are myriad warnings of a second wave or a sense that um, too many UK citizens are too relaxed when it comes to social distancing. Um, well, you've had a couple of days after, you know, being around 2,000 infections a day, you've had a couple of days over 3,000 now, haven't you? And actually also starting to see the death rate, which is quite low, but it is starting to pick up. That's right. And so, you know, you add this, you know, whole, you, know you, you might say that in the mm. US things do appear to have rolled over, but there are pockets of concern. There's a report today yeah. um, that the South Dakota motorcycle rally in August that attracted some 400,000 people has been linked to 250,000 cases of COVID-19, according to a study by the IZA Institute of Labour Economics. The study used anonymised cell phone data to reveal how large gatherings with little social distancing uh, for a prolonged period of time can act as a sort of a worst case scenario for super spreading. Uh, And they reckon, the authors reckon, this episode will cost um, around about $12 billion in uh, healthcare-related costs. So that means, doesn't it, the more we see that, and I think that's happening, you know, that sort of thing is happening maybe not to the same scale but in other parts of the world, and that leaves authorities with with no choice but to increase the, the level of lockdowns, which obviously means a, a bigger hit to the economy, and I guess that's, that's the big concern. Well, I, I, I put the counter-argument, and this is what we're hearing from governments around the world they've got to try and open up economies because the costs are just eye-watering the, mm. the 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 answer i think is in discipline of social distancing and much better track and trace systems if you get those things right i think the ideal is that until there is a vaccine and who knows when that's going to be whether there's something coming in october november we don't know how effective it'll be whether it'll be later next year that's what the epidemiologists and scientists are saying we don't know how effective it's going to be. And so, therefore, you have to have a way of working and living yeah. with this thing. Yeah, well, if people learn, that's the question. As you say, the discipline. I'm not sure. What are you advocating? Floggings, perhaps? Uh, look, it's not a uh, it's not a great day for uh, a treasury auction, is it? Or may- well, maybe it is. I mean, certainly the people have been running to treasuries for cover, uh, as we saw equities fall. And there's certainly a lot more of them, $50 billion in three years on on Tuesday. It's the biggest auction ever in amongst all of this carnage in the, well, maybe not quite carnage yet in the share market and the lowest yield ever. Meanwhile, uh, still no sign of a, you know, any any form of stimulus package happening in the United States either, is there? No, no, absolutely uh, no credible sign of the fourth stimulus package, the elusive fourth stimulus package. I mean, you know, it's tragic if it weren't. But, um, you know, a slimmed down Republican bill uh, said to be around $500 billion uh, is being proffered by the Republicans. Um, it, it'll get it'll probably get Republicans support after the, the the one trillion bill failed. But you know, getting smaller, 
buys the Republicans, but of course it just moves the Democrats further away. They, they're offering, you know, two point two trillion. They don't want to go any lower than that, and uh, never to shall meet it. It seems so. Uh, mm. No good news on that front. Now, Asian stocks yesterday and the ASX two hundred were up, uh, no doubt, because they were hoping that the US would bounce back a little bit. Equities would bounce back in the US, so no doubt we uh, they will follow the US uh, today. But uh, the FTSE not down by much. That's almost like the exception, but I guess that is probably more to do with the fall in the pound and we know why that is it's because of all this uncertainty on brexit so where exactly is boris johnson going with all so this? we know the uk left the eu at the end of january and that this year the eu and the uk have been trying to work out a trade deal with the aim of a free trade agreement to start jan one next year regardless of whether they're successful uh, in agreeing an fta there will be friction uh, where there currently isn't because as a third country, which is what the UK will become, a non-member uh, of the EU, um, there will need to be sort of checks on uh, origin of goods and standards and those kinds of things. But it's well known that the talks to try and get this holy grail of a, of a free trade deal through June, July and August haven't been going well and that uh, they've effectively stalled in two areas, fishing yeah. territories and state aid rules and regulations. So in an effort to try and get the talks moving, the UK government has decided this week to reinforce its mantra that it is really prepared just to walk away uh, well, and not have and, a deal. But, but also, I mean, to, to make matters worse, they're also saying uh, that, you know, potentially they're going to overwrite the withdrawal agreement. The Brandon Lewis, the Secretary of State for Northern Ireland, is saying this might break international law, but only a bit. So this is the mechanism that they're trying to prod the EU with. Um, and the idea, as you say, is to go back on some of the cross-border uh, uh, sort of arrangements already agreed, already signed in last October's withdrawal agreement. Now, there's been a lot of criticism, uh, as you're hinting at, that the mm. government, if it goes down this road, you know, and breaks an international agreement, how could it be ever trusted? You know, who would deal with the UK? It should be noted that these are changes, if they were to come about, would only come into force in the event of a no deal. If there's a no deal... There's bigger problems with the withdrawal agreement anyway. I mean, to us, this is clearly part of a negotiating tactic, but it's obviously inflamed the whole debate. Um, you know, our view remains that with such huge economic challenges from COVID, the coming Northern Hemisphere winter, when we know that, you know, respiratory infections get worse. So you think they'll arrive? You think they're the, going to arrive at a deal? You think it's brinkmanship and something yeah, at, at the last moment, it'll all be yes, together? Yeah, yeah, not least, you know, the spectre of a very destabilising yeah you know, uh, push from Scotland for a second referendum, yeah, and all independence that, referendum, all of these yeah. things. So more yeah. volatility in the pound, though, till we get to that stage, I guess. Look, at home, we saw uh, business conditions weaken in the latest NAB business survey for August yesterday, and not ju not just for Victoria. In fact, the steepest declines are in Queensland, Tasmania, and South Australia. Uh, and the same issue as we're getting in many other parts of the world, even as the economy opens up, except in Victoria. Jobs are weakening, or at least not picking up at the same rate. And we saw the ABS payrolls numbers yesterday down 0.4% for the for the month to the 22nd of August. But at most of that was that 2% fall in Victoria. Uh, and jobs were 7 7.9% below the level in, in mid-March. So uh, obviously hospitality and recreation uh, are, are taking the biggest hit. So things moving very slowly for Australia. We're going to get uh, home loans for Australia today. Also, um, PPIs and CPIs for China, the ANZ Business Confidence Index for New Zealand, the Bank of Canada meets as well. 
plus whatever Donald Trump tweets and um, whatever the markets do. It's going to be an interesting day. Yeah, I think the Aussie uh, home loans data for July will be interesting. Remember, these are quite um, lagging, this data set. In June, home loans rose a solid 6.2%. That likely reflected some pent-up demand back then. Um, we think the July numbers will see further gains, uh, m- m- perhaps at a slower rate, but as the housing market continues to improve in most states. Um, there's also consumer confidence numbers for September um, yeah. Previously at 79.5, there's no consensus uh, expectation for this. Remember, confidence did rebound only to crash again as Victoria went back into lockdown. So you can make the case for a modest improvement, I think, there, given uh, you know the improvements in the uh, daily new infections rate coming out of Victoria. And then New Zealand, as you say, has got uh, preliminary business confidence and activity numbers for September and we're looking there really for any evidence that um, of increased confidence coming in from the sort of partial easing of the of the lockdown at the end right. of August. And let's hope it stays. Uh, they, they managed to ease it without the consequences that other parts of the world seem to be having. Uh, great to talk, Gavin. See you again soon. Thank you. Cheers, Phil. And uh, that is Wednesday morning's morning call from NAB. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. Back again tomorrow morning. See you then. Mm-hmm.